Welcome into the show. This is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin with you. You will hear from Brad Thompson. You'll also hear my conversation with Randy and Michelle from this morning as we talk about what is the latest, what could be the latest for the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals are now up to 17 individuals that have tested positive for COVID-19, the latest being outfielder Lane Thomas. So that's a total of 10 players and seven staff. And with that announcement last night, the Cardinals have postponed their series with the Pirates. The president of baseball operations, John Moselock, addressed the media last night and was asked about the latest cancellation. It was really confirming a positive and then also adding to that that you know, when we did leave Milwaukee, we ended up having additional positive tests from that. So you know, what's the right amount of time to not assemble? and to try to prevent spread. And I I don't think we know that answer perfectly because even when you go back to sort of what we learned from Minneapolis to Milwaukee to when we returned, you know, we thought we waited long enough and obviously we didn't. So I will say we are doubling down on our tracing just to try to see if we can sort of understand like where something may or may not pop up here. Um, So we'll continue to work on that Um, tirelessly to give us a little more confidence before we decide that next step. Of most importance for the organization, the safety and the health of the players and the staff of the St. Louis Cardinals. I feel like when we come on these types of of calls, we're like trying to figure out, hey, when are you getting back to baseball? But reality is, is this has hit very much to home. We have friends and colleagues that aren't doing well because of this. And it it shows you how powerful COVID-19 is. And Yes, there are some players and, and staff that have, have seen no symptoms. And, you know, that's interesting. But there are people that are being affected. And um, to me, it's scary. And, and to me, it's something that I don't know how we can truly help them because we're like everybody else. We're, we're trying to learn as we go. But I know our medical staff has been working tirelessly to, to try to be um, an ally to these guys, these people whenever they need it. And, you know, they've been working really around the clock since, you know, two Thursdays. Now on to the baseball side of this. The Cardinals have now lost 15 games and have played only five. Their last game was back on July 29th. If they play on Thursday, a scheduled doubleheader against the Tigers, that will have been 15 days between games. Baseball players are competitive people by nature. And so I think like once we get that clearance to go back out and play, and I you know candidly, I felt like we had that little bounce on, on Thursday when we were back together, everybody felt very encouraged, optimistic, and you know, just were, they were just, everybody was thrilled to just get back out on that field. And so I think from a competitive juice standpoint, like where people are motivated to go, I think you'll see that. But I think what we have to be careful of is, is, you know, we can't have too many more stops and starts because then I do think you have an adverse effect on people mentally. You know, my hope is, is when we do get this next green light, it's one that's real and one that we can keep moving forward. With. The concern going forward is how to fit these games in. How can this realistically be done? Well, I'd be purely speculating right now um, because I don't know if there would be um, some conditions that would allow us to or not. I, I just haven't really thought through that. I do think the math is tricky, um, but I, I think, you know, over time we'll, we'll find out. I think like, me guessing at that right now is not helpful. And 
you know, ultimately Major League Baseball is going to work hand in hand with us to see if we can. So, you know, I do think the the amount of games we, we have to play with the amount of days that are left on the calendar make it challenging, but we'll see if there's a, a, a way to do that or not. I'll ask for any help we can get when the time comes. Um, in terms of what that looks like, we'll see. Um, you know, you know, right now when you when you look at having ten players out, but a little bit to to Derek's point earlier, if we're out long enough, we might get a couple players back. So, you know, who knows? So, you know, again, day by day. My concern: the pitching across the board in Major League Baseball. We are seeing pitchers go down with injuries. And they are some of the biggest names in the sport that has to be of concern for the Cardinals once they get back onto the field. Buster Olney of ESPN was asked about baseball as a whole moving forward. I think big picture, they're not that tenuous. You know, I've talked to general managers this week who really believe that the perspective of Major League Baseball is we're putting our heads down and we're going to make this work. I mean, you guys saw that that list of makeup games that we have with the Marlins, you know, seven games in five days. They're going to do everything they can to play. I do think, after talking with general managers, that the two potential scenarios that could take down the sport, one would be if you had five or six teams all at once have a situation like the Marlins or the Cardinals have. And the other one is if some player of prominence gets really, really sick or, God forbid, worse. I think those would alter the conversation, but internally – there are definitely, you know, a lot of teams that are like, we are going to go ahead and plow through this because it's a business. You know, Major League Baseball wants to get to that pot of gold in the postseason money. That's Buster Only of ESPN. The pitching injuries continue. Joe Kelly of the Dodgers, hard-throwing reliever, the former Cardinal. He has been placed on the injured list with inflammation in his right shoulder, adding to the mounting list of players suffered by pitchers at the onset of this shortened season. The New York Mets starting pitcher Marcus Stroman announced today that he is opting out of the year. The right-hander becomes the second high-profile Mets player to opt out. He joins Ioannis Cespedes, who opted out earlier this month. Stroman, who was acquired by the Mets from the Blue Jays at the trade deadline last season, has not pitched this season because of a torn calf muscle. Stroman has enough service time to qualify for free agency after this season. Cleveland Indians manager Terry Francona will return to the team on Tuesday after missing more than a week so he could rest while dealing with a gastrointestinal condition. The team said Francona will be in the dugout when the Indians open a two-game home series against the Chicago Cubs. That's the latest with baseball. We'll talk it over with Brad Thompson. This is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. Mondays, we visit with Brad Thompson, my broadcast partner. You hear him on the fast lane. And uh, Brad, as always, good to visit with you. How are things going? Well, it's going all right, Dan. I, I got to tell you, though, I was not expecting to have a relatively the, the same conversation that you and I had last week about no baseball uh, for the Cardinals at the very least. Outside of that, though, it's fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I think I'm using this word more than ever, but patience. I guess that's the word we have to have now is we've got to be patient with this and let the the players and staff uh, recover, if you will, get get through the, the period of recovery, have the negative tests, and, you know, Lord willing, they'll get back on the field and people will get back to their jobs, and, and hopefully we get back to baseball. I'm with you. I guess you have to be. Unfortunately for me, and I don't know how it works for you, patience has never really been a virtue that uh, I was blessed with. 
Uh, but what can you do? I mean, what can you do at this point? Because we do, we get caught up in, uh, and, and this is everybody, you get caught up in yourself. Like you're upset because you don't get a chance to watch Cardinal baseball or whatever it is. But you hit on the biggest point is you got a lot of people that have to get healthy. And you have a lot of, of different things that we've learned about this virus uh, throughout the entire process. I mean, the Cardinals did everything that they were supposed to do uh, from the knowledge that they had. You quarantine in a hotel. You have two days straight of uh, all negative tests for everybody. No, no new positives. And then you move forward like you thought you were supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, more positives crop up. So I just wonder, Dan, at this point, like, what does that patience look like? I mean, that, that incubation period can be up to two weeks, at least from what, what I'm reading and what I'm hearing. I, I wonder how patient they can be and how far you can push things off. Because we're going a long time without playing baseball games. Both have a doubleheader on Thursday and then six in Chicago. I just wonder how patient they can be, Dan. I, I wondered too, from the baseball perspective of pitching, um, they would have to get on the field. I would assume, Brad, at some point, have a couple of workouts before they get back to any kind of competitive baseball. Would you agree? Yeah, I would hope so. The hard part again is just timing in general of how you can do it. Uh, if you don't have that, or heck, even if you do at this point, I was thinking about it just from uh, how I set up my staff. You're still going to have your five quote-unquote starters. Forget the idea of them being starters at, at this yes. point, though. Think about it as the, the beginning of spring. Yeah, man, it's the beginning of spring training again, and your guy's going to go 45 pitches, and then somebody else is going to come in afterwards and do that. And I, I think that's how you're going to have to piece together at least a couple of weeks to build some guys up creativity is going to be your friend now, like, like trying to figure out different ways to attack this. And fortunately, again, the Cardinals pitching staff sets up really well. You have a lot of guys that can give you multiple innings. But you think about the competitive nature of a lot of these guys, it's going to be hard. It would be very hard for Schilty to hand the ball over to Jack Flaherty uh, game one, whenever they come back, if it's Thursday, Friday, you know, whatever it is and just say, all right, Jack, go get him. And then in the second inning, his pitch count gets up, and he goes out and gets Jack. Like, that's a tough thing to think about right now. But you have to get creative, and you have to think about, look at all the injuries that we've had in this game already this year, specifically to pitchers. You've got to be so darn careful with these guys. And now the Cardinals are dealing with something that even the Marlins haven't had to deal with is this long of a layoff. Schilty, Maddox, the entire pitching or the, the entire training staff, everybody, when we do get back, and that's a, a further down the road concern, but they're going to have to be super creative and diligent to keep these guys healthy. When you have piggyback situations, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, maybe you've dealt with it, whether it be uh, in spring training or any other teams that you've been a part of, um, other situations, how does that normally work? Do, do you go two innings, three innings, an inning? How does that normally work in, in situations that you've seen? Yeah, a lot of times it'll be predicated upon just a pitch count in general that they want to stay around. And then you'll use the eyeball test, but it could start out with two innings apiece. I mean, these guys haven't done anything uh, for a couple of weeks. And generally with a traditional piggyback, you have a couple of guys that are used to being starters. So a lot of times uh, during that, Dan, you know this, uh, you're going to have, uh, if if a guy is going into his third inning and he gets two outs, well, generally – you're not going to bring the other starter, your piggyback guy, in to clean up an inning that somebody else had. You'll have a regular reliever there to be able to finish up the inning and then let somebody else piggyback. So it's going to be about piecing it together. It's going to be uh, about guys 
being willing to kind of jump into different roles. Mentally, it's going to be different for a guy that's used to maybe hearing his name called in the sixth or seventh when the phone rings to be ready in the third and fourth. You know, I, I think about, you know, John Gant is a guy like that. Gant can give you multiple innings, but he might have to do it early. I mean, these are all things that are going to have to kind of be weaved in and out. But uh, as far as where the starting point looks for these piggybacks, Dan, as far as like innings or, or pitches, I don't think that we could even get a clear answer to what that looks like until we find out how long the Cardinals are off and what kind of stuff they're able to do before they actually play a game. I'm going to ask you a two-parter. Be uh, Mike Maddox for a moment. Start with him and then be Mike Schilt. Um, what, are you, what are you telling your now to try to stay in some type of shape to be competitive at the major league level? What would you be telling your pitchers? Well, I'm telling them the same thing that I was just talking about. Them having to do. Be creative. I was watching a video of Adam. He put it out on Twitter of him playing long toss in his front yard or across the street into a net. You got to get creative. But the problem is for a lot of guys and for a lot of the younger guys specifically, they don't have a spread like Wayno has. You know, like so they they are uh, probably in an apartment, don't have much room. You don't have to do a jackpot. You don't have to flip up a mattress and throw against it. Be creative. The last thing you can do, though, as a pitcher, and this is, if, if I'm Mad Dog, this is what I'm telling the guys, last thing you can do is just sit there and do nothing. Like, you have to do something. You have to somehow keep that mental edge of this is going to happen and this is what I'm training for. For whatever, uh, you know, if maybe it's weight loss for some people, right? If you don't have an end in mind, if you don't have a goal, you're never going to get done what you need to get done. Like you're just going to go through the motions and it's just going to happen. Going through the motions right now is not good enough. You still have to keep that end in sight. I think that's where that mental aspect of it comes in. I'm sure that Mad Dog will be hitting on that with his pitchers. And then if you're Mike Schilt, you're the manager of this team, there's a lot of responsibility to make sure you're trying to win, make sure you're trying to keep guys healthy, uh, and trying to combine both. What, what do you think you're trying to do right now? You know what I'm doing if I'm Schilte, and I, I know this is something that he does because he communicates better with his players than most managers I, I've ever been around. I'm, I'm just continually talking to my guys, whether it's text message, phone calls, Zoom, because I, I want them to know that, that hey, I, I'm here for you. We're listening. We're backing you up. Whatever you need, we're a family. It's the biggest thing. You got to keep these guys engaged. You got to keep them knowing that you have their back. And I think that Schilte is going to do a good job with, with that. From the aspect of whenever we get back, we're trying to win. Absolutely. I mean, he'll, he'll roll what he believes his best lineup is. They'll piece together the pitching as good as they can from a health standpoint. But I'm just talking to my guys because a lot of doubt can creep in in these times. And, Dan, you don't have to be an athlete to know that. I mean, it's the, the everybody in everyday life right now listening to this. The doubt has crept in through all of this stuff, through the, through the coronavirus or other things that are going on in your life. And when you have somebody reach out and somebody that you, you respect and trust and maybe work with, I think it means the world. And so I, I believe that Schulte's going to have to do a lot with that. I mean, it's managing kind of personalities and people right now more so than it is managing on the field, but it's something that he's been doing his entire career, and I'm, I'm certain he's doing it now. Brad Thompson is my guest. Do you think Major League Baseball, Brad, and, and you offer great perspective on this, do you think Major League Baseball, with the amount of time, one way or another, depending on when they come back, whether it's Thursday or this weekend or next week, whatever the case may be, 
Do you think they have to make an exception, some concessions with rosters, with the Cardinals, uh, with these doubleheaders that come up? Do, do you think they have to expand those rosters for doubleheaders at some point? I think if they want to get as many games in as possible, and I'm talking about that, I mean Major League Baseball, if they want the product to be out there as much as possible, I think you make concessions. We've already seen them make plenty of concessions throughout this. They already made the one roster concession already for everybody of having it to 28 guys. I think that's an easy one. And I think it's one that where you can set your roster before each game. You have some guys that are inactive, so it's not like you're September a couple of years ago where one team has 40 players and another team has 27. That's an unfair advantage. But if you just have enough bodies where you can mix and match throughout, I don't see the harm in that. And it's helping teams get through. So I think that makes sense. In terms of the mental aspect of what's going on, Mo was on a, a Zoom last night. I don't know if you were on it. I was. And, and he said, you know, with the starts and we hear we're, we're going to play and then we're not and then we're on and then we're not. He said, you do get concerned about guys, you know, and just the mental side of it because they're excited to play and then it gets called down. They're excited to play. Then it gets called off. Um, where do you think guys are right now on the mental side of that and just being excited to play They're major league players? They want to play, take the money out of it, take all the other things that go along with it. They want to play baseball. Where do you think guys are on the mental side of what's going on? I bet it's pretty split, to be totally honest with you. I bet that there are a lot of guys that are just going home and say, yeah, I, I, let's go. Let's go. We're ready. Uh, you know, whatever we say we can go, we're ready to rock and roll. And I bet that there are others because, it, it, I mean, this is human nature at this point that are saying, God, look, man, is what we're doing, is it worth it? Is what we're going through? All those, the mental gymnastics that you're talking about, is, is this all worth it? And to me, I mean, that's what, every individual has decisions to make. Whatever the sport, we've seen a lot of players end up opting out. We've been very fortunate with the Cardinals uh, outside of Jordan Hicks, uh, you, know, you know, citing uh, his medical reasons. Nobody has done that for the Cardinals. But I'm sure that some of that doubt is creeping in. But that's where leaning on each other means a lot. You know, that's where uh, Adam Wainwright calling up uh, his, uh, his buddies, you know, calling up uh, the pitching staff and talking to everybody and shilty with the communication, like, a, like I was saying before. Because being isolated sucks. And for a lot of these guys, not everybody has families here. A lot of families have stayed home. You know, a lot of guys are just really, they're, they're by themselves. And even with, uh, even with the players that have families in town, as Mo was talking about uh, on the Zoom message, uh, Zoom meeting last night, that they're trying to isolate from their families just in general. Man, the, the loneliness is what gets doubt creeping in. So as much as they can reach out to each other and just kind of, be around each other from like, you know, with the technology, the, the technology aspect, I think that means, uh, means the world to these guys. Oh, you you kind of led me into the next thing. Do you think there's some guys that are just saying at some point, maybe the heck with this, we get into that point yet? I think so. I, I really do. I, I think that there, and I'm not even just talking about specifically with the Cardinals. I'm sure that there are players all around baseball that are, are every single day, I just thought, like, I know the stress of a normal baseball season, and certainly my stress of a baseball season is probably a little bit different than uh, the stress of, like, a, a guy that is, he's got his multi-year deal and he's locked in. But, like, the day in and day out of the game can be stressful. And then you add in this layer of you're already, like, mentally prepared. You're locked in and you're ready to play a game. But then you can't even go play that game until you get, like, an okay of a test that you took a couple of days ago. Like, I just can't even think, like, can't even imagine all the anxiety that might be there. So maybe some guys have had enough. 
and maybe they, they've said, I, I can't do it. If that happens, if it happens for a Cardinal player or if it happens you know, for some other player uh, in another sport, I get it. I, I understand. I'm not sure that I would do it. I, I think that I would play because, I mean, that's all, I, that's all I've known and all I've loved. But if a guy opts out, it doesn't mean they don't love the game. It just means, hey, I'm going to come back next year when things are right. In your opinion, when do you think we play baseball next? And I know that's a tough question to answer, but, yeah. but when do you think we play baseball next? I, uh, I think, and I, and I want to be wrong on this one. I definitely want to be wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals don't play again until they come home again. So they were supposed to play a doubleheader on Thursday in Detroit, and then six days, three against the White Sox and three against the Cubs in Chicago. It wouldn't shock me at all if it were, you know, another week and a half until they actually played. Because just hearing everybody talking about the incubation period, the fact that you have to do it quote-unquote right this time, they wouldn't shock me. What about you? What have you What have you been thinking? I'm interested. Yeah, I, I think they they want to be on the side of being overly cautious, maybe, Brad. And that would lean uh, lean me towards that side too. Um, and if they no, did I it, it, I don't blame them. You know, I I, I, I can know. totally understand it. I I would think that the doubleheader in Detroit is a a real reach. Um, and then to travel to Chicago, maybe a reach. Now, the one thing I could see is, I don't know if you agree with this, maybe having those Chicago teams travel to St. Louis. I, I don't know. Maybe that's an option. Um, but with the amount of players that you'd have to get back, number one, from the first amount of guys that have tested positive, and then now you got a second guy, uh, wave of, of players and staff, um, and maybe they just say, let's go with the guidelines of the CDC, and I'd have to do the numbers on that. But that... That to me maybe makes more sense. What do you think? Yeah, no, no, I, I'm with you. As far as like the other team, like Chicago teams traveling here, I wonder how much they would want to help you out, and like how much of a rush that other teams would want to go to and say, "Oh yeah, I'll just go right to that team that had 17 people around them uh, that that had coronavirus." I don't know how flexible other teams would be, um, but uh, I'm with you with, with the CDC stuff. The crazy part, and again, it's the math, right? And I, I've never been good at math, Dan. But you got some players like from the initial wave that are very close to Yadier Molina being one of those guys that he's very close to like being cleared, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. heck cleared means at this point. So uh, it, just from a personnel standpoint, I think it's going to be really interesting to find out like the waves in which the players are able to come back and how the testing ends up coming back. But uh, as hard as it is, patience to your initial point right off the bat, the word that you've been saying a lot, hearing a lot, preaching a lot, it might just end up being the only thing that saves you at this point. Because I don't know if you could handle a third shutdown like this, if that happens for you again. So I don't know what the league is going to do, Dan. I don't know how they're going to handle it as far as, hey, do you have to hit a certain threshold of games instead of wins and losses? And I, Rob Manfred I know he uh, he kind of talked about this or at least alluded to it, but nothing has been set in stone as far as the playoffs if they're going to do it with winning percentage as opposed to you know wins and losses. I don't know, but if that's the case, I do know this: you got two teams that are going to make it from each division, 
And you have the Cubs who have been off and running, which, by the way, I didn't expect them to be playing as good a baseball as they have at 10-3. and three. But then you got Milwaukee sitting at 6-7, and seven, a 462 winning percentage. you got the Reds at a 438 winning percentage. And while it's a small sample size for the Cardinals, they're at 400. So if you waited some time, you would still have a chance potentially with winning percentage to still be a part of the playoff mix. But honestly, at this point, Dan, I don't even care about the playoff mix. I just care about seeing them back out on the field, meaning that they're healthy and ready to go. Yeah, and that's I think they just want to err on the side of being overly cautious. That would be my guess, but we'll find out. Hey, Brad, thanks. Appreciate it. Oh, you're the man, Dan. And at some point, I, I promise you, you and I are going to break down some Cardinal baseball <laughs> games, and it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate your time. Uh, you, Welcome back to the Red Bird Report. Hopefully you enjoyed my visit with Brad Thompson. And now we switch gears every Monday morning. I visit with Randy and Michelle on Carriker and Smallman. And this morning we got into the current situation with the St. Louis Cardinals and just where they're at, trying to fit in games into a shortened season and when they might return to action. Like I said before, I sound like a broken record, but I just... You know, hope everybody's safe and healthy and, uh, you know, Cardinals get back uh, to playing baseball at some point. I I don't, you know, you you can't guess when. Uh, It's an hour-by-hour thing, day-by-day thing. And, um, you know, I think you just hope for the the, today's more negative tests and then um, figure out when you, you can get back on the field and get some workouts in. I would assume that Thursday would be in jeopardy to try to play that doubleheader in Detroit. It'd be tough to travel and then much less figure out your roster at that point. I would assume that the original guys that tested positive are are shortly coming back uh, as long as they're healthy and have the two negative tests. And then you have the second round of guys that you got to start worrying about. And then you have the the confusion of what your 40-man roster would look like. And then you're going to Chicago. It's just... It's a mess. There's no other way to look at it. And Dan, have you gotten to the point where you're thinking about the schedule as a whole, sure. how, how they're going to do that? What's your thought process there? Personally, I think it's going to be very tough to put certain players in jeopardy, especially pitchers of trying to fit that many games in that short amount of time without them having some type of bullpens and working out in an, an official capacity. Now, I know that you know guys can throw on the side. They can play catch. Maybe they can do some type of bullpen somewhere it's not going to be a bush stadium but i've said it before i I don't think it's just it's not the same as being in live baseball action right so you know if if you're a player or a pitcher i'd be very concerned about getting into those games initially and if you're mike schilt i don't know maybe you you look at it and it's like starting a spring training over again you know with some of these guys i mean if you're jack flaherty this Friday will be three weeks from the from opening night. So he hadn't pitched in a game in three weeks. You've got to be concerned about that. Sure. You can't just throw him out there. So, And Daniel Ponce de Leon is the last guy that pitched on mm-hmm. July 29th, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. That's the last game right. that they played. <laughs> how do you, so how do you figure out that you're going to play? You played five games. So now if you're going to get a 60-game season in, which I don't think is reasonable – they might, but it's going to be very tough to do that. Um, I, I'm just not sure how you play that amount of games, even with seven-inning doubleheaders and trying to figure out all the pitching and doubleheaders that get into it, 
in what would be a, the time frame of roughly 47 to 48 yeah. days. It, that's very tough to do. It is amazing. Is that right, Randy, about yeah, 47, 48? Right, yeah. yeah. When you think about it, the next time the Cardinals could logically, if we're complete optimists here, it, the, the next time they could really logically get on the field would be Friday. And by then, the rest of baseball will have played a third of their season, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals will have played five games. It just doesn't seem to mathematically work out. And, hey, if they have to wait a little extra time and if they only wind up playing 35 games or something like that, I just want them to be healthy and get back on the field and and be able to do what they love to do for at least a little bit of time. Well, I I wonder if they're thinking and if the the thinking of – the organization in Major League Baseball is to take the weekend off and then the following series off, which would be on the road, and then open up back at home. Now, I don't know that for a fact at all. I'm just thinking out loud in my my personal thoughts here. I don't know if that's the way that they go or if the idea is, you know, don't think about the doubleheader on um, Thursday in Detroit. Think about then the idea would be to get Friday in Chicago and then there would be six games in Chicago, White Sox and the Cubs. Or if you're Major League Baseball, instead of putting the um, onus on the Cardinals to travel, is it are you asking then maybe those teams to come to St. Louis and not have them travel yeah. the Cardinals and maybe ask those teams to come to St. Louis? I, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe something that you think about, too. This just struck me. And we always talk to John Mozeliak and Bill DeWitt about how they think globally. They're thinking from 10,000 feet. And John Mozeliak, if they were playing now, he's not necessarily thinking about 2020. He's thinking about 23 and 24. How weird must it be for a guy who's always thinking years ahead to literally be thinking hour by hour, which is what it's become for him? Well, the other part of that is that, to your point, is that if you are thinking, and he said, you know, right now, health and safety and getting people better and not having people be sick is what he's thinking about first and foremost. So that's number one. However, part of his job is to think about the future and winning baseball games. So if you have all these double headers, and let's just say for argument's sake that your roster is at 28, How do you cover the innings is something that he's got to think about, which means having enough pitching to cover all the innings, right? So part of that is, what if one of my starters goes out in back-to-back games and does not pitch well? How am I going to cover all those innings? One of the things I've been thinking about is, now I've got to go dip down into my satellite camp and go get guys. Well, who's on my 40-man? So thinking ahead to 21, 22, 23, that means starting clocks of other people. That yeah. he does not want to do that. That's mm-hmm. that is something that the average fan I don't think thinks about. It's it's you know a lot of people have said to me, well, isn't this why we have sixty guys in the forty man rosters and satellite camps? Yes, it is. It was it was to, to protect if you had one or two or three guys that that contracted the virus, not seventeen people and what is it, ten of which are players now? Is that mm-hmm. what it is? That wasn't the idea. So now you're you're backed into a corner because you don't want to start all these clocks. And then when you do that, not only are you going down into your your farm system, but then you have to create space on your 40-man roster, meaning then you have to clear those guys off the 40-man and expose them to the waivers, right. and then other players can get picked up by other teams. That's the problem that you have with this particular scenario of all these games 
in a short amount of time and trying to cover the innings and the games that you need to play. If you have, and it's baseball, guys that go out and maybe they have a bad day. So your starter gives you only two-thirds of an inning. So the next guy comes in and he gets beat up. And the next guy comes in and he's having a bad day. And oh, by the way, we have another game coming up later with seven more innings to cover. Those are the things that you have to think about. There's so many tentacles to this about how this is all unfolded. And I want to circle back to one thing that we had talked about earlier, just about the mental toll that this has to take on these guys. You know, you're quarantined for six days. You're worried about your teammates' health, about your health. Then you think, okay, we're finally released. We're ready to go play baseball. And then you get word that you're not playing again and you're trying to stay sharp. But it's just this up and down and up and down. And I know that they're very mentally tough, but that's got to ha- provide some sort of mental fatigue for you. I talked to a few guys um that were excited around the organization um, Thursday about coming back on Friday. They were like, okay, we got through the quarantine of Milwaukee. We got back to our families. We got back to a sense of normalcy of getting back on the field and playing. And they were, you know, working out and okay, now we're going to get into baseball. They were excited, Michelle. I mean, the, the organization had a feeling of excitement. I talked to people that were getting ready for the game day experience, if you want to call it that, but back to their jobs of, being at the ballpark that worked for the Cardinals, they were pumped up because also the Cubs were back in town and they knew so many people were going to be watching the game on um, on Friday. So they get excited to produce the game. I'm not talking about the television side. I'm talking about the people at the ballpark. They were just excited to like, hey, let's, let's really amp this thing up. Let's, it's, it's exciting because the Cubs are here. And there was really a letdown, you know, the employees of the car. I mean, it was just... Yeah. They're frustrated, man. I mean, they want to do what they do, and we haven't been able to do it all year. And and so it was just even from that perspective, and I know from the players' perspective and the organization's perspective of those that wanted to play the game, yeah, it's really tough to have that that letdown and then to have it again. So now here we are back to kind of ground zero and just waiting for negative tests and trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen for the next round of tests. And then that's why I think – they're they're going to be overly cautious because I think they have to, to your point, that they don't want to have this happen again. And if it does happen again, then you really have to wonder, okay, if it happens again, what are we going to do? I mean, do we yep. where do we go now? I mean, what's the point? Coming up, we'll talk about the role of John Mosellock in dealing with his team in the middle of a pandemic this season and the craziness that has been the St. Louis Cardinals of 2020. This is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. This is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. I continue my conversation with Randy and Michelle from this morning, and we got into the role of John Mosellock during this time for the St. Louis Cardinals, how tough it's been dealing with the sickness that has hit his team from COVID-19. 17 people have been affected, 10 players, 7 staff members, and the constant updates with the media and trying to handle all the different things that he's had to juggle. I think Mo, by the way, has handled those extremely well i agree i mean that that's you know you're dealing with um i i don't know just uncomfortable things to talk about you're dealing with people's lives they're they're the sickness and i'm sure there's probably a fine line of what you can and cannot talk about you're trying to be transparent mm-hmm. to a fan base that cares passionately about the team and and you're also a pillar of the community the organization is so there's a lot of a lot of things at stake there yeah and with all the HIPAA laws, there is a lot of difficulty that he is navigating through. Yes. And I, I'm with you. I, I think he does a great job. And I was saying earlier, 
that it's hard to imagine that there's been another executive that's been on more of a roller coaster emotionally oh, than he has over the course of the last week. When you think about the shock of getting hit with the, the news initially, that you've had these tests, and then you you get some knowledge about it, and then you work your way up to Tuesday night saying, okay, we're going to travel tomorrow, and we're going to get back on the field, and you're back on the field Wednesday and Thursday, and then boom, you get hit again. And then just the not literal, but the devastation emotionally of having that high of being ready to go again and then getting the, not, the your legs cut off from under you and not being able to play this weekend. It's, it has been an emotional roller coaster for him. Well, I, I think Michelle hit it on the head, the tentacles of that job, too. So, like, for instance, something as simple of, okay, we have another day at the hotel. Do we have enough spots? Yeah. <laughs> okay, are we busing? Let's get the buses. Um, are we playing this day? All right, what does that mean for scheduling? How are we doing this? Oh, by the way, this agent's calling me, concerned about his client. I mean, you're answering phone calls. I mean, now look, this is big boy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's his job. I get it, but it's just not It's not as, as easy as saying, well, game got canceled. Okay, I'm going to order my steak now from room service. It's just not that simple. When your job normally is... The worst things that happen are a player leaves in free agency or your team loses a game. And now you're, you've literally got people's lives at stake. Literally. It, yes. it changes. And as it was uh, finally you know, said publicly yesterday, you had your, your personnel and your friends that are going to get uh, help at the hospital. I mean, that, that hits you. You know, oh, I yeah, mean, that, that, that hits you. I also think it's a very difficult position for him to be in, and he's handled it so well. Being the face of the organization, giving what you know to be facts in a very uncertain situation. Yeah. You're, you're trying to provide a sense of certainty so that the media and the fans know what go, what's going on. But this thing is changing so Daily, much. Hourly. That it, it's hard for you to even comprehend everything that's happening and be able to project it to others. And do it calmly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other part, too. Yeah. I, I'm sure... Uh, I would be losing it on certain things <laughs> yeah. and certain aspects of it, for sure. I'd be like, I'm um, not doing the Zoom tonight, all right? Yeah. Give me a day off. <laughs> well, I, but again, it's, like I said, it's it's his job, you know, you, you sign up for it, right? Sure. I mean, some days are easier than others, and some days are really hard, and right now, this is hard. Well, and Friday, he was really depressed, and finally, at the end, he said, guys, anything else? I got to get something to eat. <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... He doesn't. Yeah. It, it's, it's just... Yeah, I'm sure when he reflects back on his career, and I'm sure Mr. DeWitt and others are going to look back at this time and go, holy cow. I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and really all of baseball. I, I listen to MLB Network all the time, and I think it was the, um, I think it was the, the Rays GM yesterday. And it's, I think every Sunday morning they have usually a very a different GM on. And every time I hear those guys, they sound just, just exhausted, you yeah. know, just thinking about like the, the various things you can just hear it in their voice. They're just of the things that we're talking about, like the 40 man differences. And, you know, we as fans are talking about what, what did you think of this rule change? And I think it was the race GM. He said, guys, I really haven't given it any thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, I'm just worried about like getting our, our people, our personnel and our players to the ballpark. Safety and health protocols are being adhered to and getting them right and making sure we get on the field, get through the game, and get them home safely. 
I mean, honestly, that's what they're thinking about. And I can understand that. I mean, there's a lot of responsibility to taking care of that group of people that you technically are responsible for and making sure it's done properly. And when you're responsible in a normal environment, it's a 24-7 job. Sure it is. And now you're packing more in to that 24-7 job. So that's why I guess, you know, today, tomorrow, so important for the organization to, to have those negative tests, fingers crossed, and, you know, See where we go. Mo doesn't even say positive news anymore. He just says good news. I, I'm not going to say positive anymore. Yeah, and I understand why. <laughs> Isn't that funny that the word positive has such a negative connotation yeah. now? It's God, completely it changed. <laughs> what, what do you guys think? What do you think happens this weekend? Do you think we play, or do you think there's going to be a, a pause? Or I'm with you. I, I, I would agree with the idea of the Chicago teams coming to St. Louis. I don't think that the Cardinals can travel. I think the only way if the Cardinals can get on the field here that they can do, and no chance that you play the doubleheader on Thursday. Mm -hmm. But perhaps if you get the Chicago teams into town, the Cardinals might be able to field a team on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I, I would assume they can field a team. You know, I, you start thinking about, and you, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, do you, do you start having some of the original guys that tested positive? Can they come back, you know, through MLB protocols? Right. It, and the MLB protocol are seven days of quarantine, back-to-back negative tests in two consecutive days, and then you have to pass a cardio test as well. So right. you're looking at an, uh, at least a nine-day absence. So under MLB rules. MLB rules technically get them back, which is crazy to think that then – Yachty then could play every game this season. What if Yachty comes <laughs> Technically, to you? Know, what, potentially. What if, what if Yachty says, okay, I abided by the baseball rules and I want to come back and play? What do you do if you're the Cardinals and you and you want to abide by I've the CDC guidelines? Too. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's something you have to confront, obviously. <laughs> Michelle's already scared. I'm nervous. Um, it's tough. Every, all of these decisions are tough. Yeah. I wonder then do, do if you have a couple of of negative test days, do, do the, does the team then get on the field? I, I do think you can't just say, okay, you're back playing. I The, the club has got to get on the field for at least mm-hmm. one workout day, right? One or two at least, yeah. I mean, you had the two last week, which was Wednesday, Thursday, leading into Friday. Um, so then you've had Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, potentially, you'd, you'd get back on the field and then... Thursday and then play Friday, maybe? I, I don't know. I, it's just everything's up in the air. Yeah, and they can't have the players that haven't tested positive get on the field because they're all quarantined because they were all exposed to Thomas and Helsley and Dean on Thursday. Right. So th- those guys are all in quarantine right now. Right. Everybody. And, and the rule is you stay home. It, you can get food delivered, but they don't want you. The only time that they want players leaving home is go to down go to get test tested down at, at the Blue Stadium. Yeah. In their car, I believe. It right. just they, they line up, they take the test, it's a um they spit and yeah. have the test and go home. Which is against the rules and so players are confused. Well you can you, spit you, for you, testing, Randy. Okay. What a time to be alive. Crazy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Did you ever think in your sports career that you would be talking this much about health and science and testing and all of this stuff? Never in a million years did you I, think this would happen. I was looking back at pictures on my phone. Um and thinking about in spring training how crazy it was, and really, when you think about it, in retrospect, it's not that long ago. Um, I had some video uh, that I shot of that we used in the broadcast of Mike Schilt, interview I did with him, Stubby Clap, Pop Warner, Willie McGee, uh, Ricky and Keel, couple players, and that was done at the end of spring. It's not that long ago. No. And now here we are. 
I mean, think about that. That yeah. was the end of March. So April, May, June, and July. And now we're August. So, you know, four and a half months. And now these guys are quarantined. They've been locked in a hotel. We're having a cancellation of series. I mean, holy smokes. That that just, it's it's mind-boggling to think about how far this has come in a short amount of time. It's August 10th. The Cardinals have had 13 games canceled. And the Blues will continue the Stanley Cup playoffs in Edmonton. Yeah. With all the rest of the teams. That's how weird sports is right now. Yeah. And the NBA is still with their playoffs going on on August 10th in Orlando. It's weird. It's crazy. It really is. But we'll remember it forever. I hope people are chronicling this. Yeah, we should have been keeping a journal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to keep a journal. I don't want to. I'll remember it, but I'm, I'm good. All right. This is going to be like down the road. Your grandkids are going to ask you about this. And you're going to be like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's it, and. Like the Blues game, though, was a, a nice two and a half hour. It, it felt like hockey and it felt mm-hmm. kind of normal. And yeah. No fans, but it, it, it was good hockey for me, at least. I mean, yeah, they didn't the win, but it's good. good it Telecasts have been great. They yeah. did an awesome job. The PGA yeah. Championship felt like a the drama of it with all the guys 10 under for a while. It was it was fun to watch. Yeah. You know, it takes my mind off of things. So. Sports does have a place. I just don't want people getting sick. I visit with Randy and Michelle every Monday. Our thanks to Brad Thompson and thanks to you for listening in. I'll talk to you tomorrow on Scoops with Danny Mac at 10 right here on 101 ESPN.